0: Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com right now to build your travel tribes. Welcome to another episode of DBE. I'm your host, Stevie G, and you are listening to the podcast designed for students of travel. Go ahead and hit that follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you are listening from. That's going to help this show grow and reach more students of travel. Destinations Beyond Expectations is also on Facebook and Instagram. Situated on Costa Rica's Pacific coast, Manuel Antonio National Park is a natural treasure. While it is Costa Rica's smallest national park, covering about 7.7 square miles, Manuel Antonio National Park is home to a diverse population of birds, mammals, and plants. Joining the show today is Samantha from MyTanFeet.com an amazing blog where you can find tons of helpful information about traveling in Costa Rica. Samantha is incredibly knowledgeable about travel throughout the entire country of Costa Rica, but today we're going to focus our conversation on Manuel Antonio National Park. I was just in Costa Rica myself several weeks ago. It was my first time visiting the country and I did end up spending some time in Manuel Antonio. I loved it. I got to see some very cool wildlife. And now I'm looking forward to sharing more about the park with you. So here's my interview with Samantha. Samantha, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thank you so much for joining me today. How's it going?
1: Thank you for having me. It's good. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you?
0: Doing great. I'm doing great. And uh, as I was just mentioning to you before we hit the record button, I was just in Costa Rica and had an amazing time. And uh, Today, we're going to talk all about Manuel Antonio Park in Costa Rica. Like I said, I was just there myself several weeks ago. I'm really looking forward to talking about all the cool things to discover inside the park. But Samantha, let's keep it simple to start. Can you tell the listeners where Manuel Antonio National Park is located and kind of what it's known for?
1: Yeah, so this national park is in the central Pacific of Costa Rica. It's in the province of Punta Arenas. Um, it's known for you know, beautiful beaches, a lot of wildlife, nature, hiking, um, but it is the smallest national park in Costa Rica, and it is also the busiest national park in Costa Rica.
0: So for anyone that wants to include Manuel Antonio National Park to their itinerary, can you talk a little bit about you know, some of the important things to know when entering the park, like where to acquire tickets or like when the park is open?
1: Yeah, so the national park, people can only enter by purchasing tickets online. And this is going to be on the SANAC website. SANAC is the government uh, branch that governs all the national parks in Costa Rica. So um, you have to go to their website, it's SANAC, Parque Nacional SENAC, or something like that. Uh, You have to make an account, and then you have to log in, and you'll buy your park tickets there. It's important to note the park is always closed on a Tuesday. It's open every other day, uh, including holidays, as long as it doesn't land on a Tuesday. So it is closed on Tuesdays. Um, it's open from pretty sure it's 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. But people, let me just check on that really fast because I don't want to give the wrong <laughs> information. Sure. Um, let me see. Uh, it's open from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sorry about that. So it's 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., but you do have to start leaving by 3 so basically, uh, you have to buy your park tickets and everyone has like an entry slot. So there's like different groups throughout the day. They have one from like like starting 7 a.m. to like 7.30. So you can come in in your allotted time slot that you buy for. And unfortunately, tickets are usually not refundable and you cannot. If you don't show up to that day, you are going to have to try to buy a ticket on another day. <laughs>
0: Well, that makes sense. Um, I do want to ask you a little bit about parking as well, because I heard it can be a little bit of a challenge. Can you maybe talk about that? If if you're visiting Costa Rica, visiting the national park and you have your own vehicle, uh, how easy is it to actually park?
1: To park is the most important thing to know is that like the national park itself, they don't have their own parking lot, meaning like they don't have a parking lot manned by the government. So there's no like secure government parking, but there's like private lots that are actually, there's one maybe like just 20 meters away from the national park entrance. And they're private lots, um, which means it's owned by like a local or a couple locals or whoever it is in the area. So you can park in there. There's two or three of them. One of them is pretty big. And it even has like, now he's even putting like painted lines and putting like a dedicated like handicapped spot and everything like that. They charge around 4,000 colones a day, which is around eight U.S. dollars. Um, and then there's a couple of other smaller ones close by. On Google Maps, you can find it under like Parqueo, Prival, Manuel Antonio, something like that. Um, and you'll see that it's actually really close to the National Park entrance. So usually those are the ones that we recommend uh, to park at. It's really important that you don't park at the parking lots that are on the way to the park before you get down to the boulevard. Because those ones are still like half a mile away from the national park.
0: Very cool. So, I mean, like I was telling you, you know, I was actually in Costa Rica and Manuel Antonio National Park several weeks ago, and I'm a Floridian, so I'm I'm used to the sun. Um, but even like I think sunscreen is really important to bring with you, especially if you're going to spend some time at the beach in Manuel Antonio National Park. The sun's just a little bit different in Costa Rica for people that might not be used to it being so close to the equator, but you know, what are some other important things visitors should consider bringing with them if they're going into the park?
1: Well, in the park, they do have a little cafeteria uh, around the middle of in, like the main intersection of the park. Kind of, you could buy like water, juice, smoothies, coffee, some snacks, like sandwiches and salads and things like that. But they do not allow you to bring single use plastics into the park. So no plastic water bottles or, you know, like plastic bags, things like that. So you should definitely have like an insulated water bottle and that way you can have like nice cold water throughout the whole time. And you're going to wish that you brought like five because it's so hot. It's so humid over there that cold water is, is awesome. And definitely, I mean, mosquito repellent. usually, uh, you know, you're inside the rainforest and usually those areas on the coast. So there's always mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are here all year round on the coast. So if you're a mosquito magnet or just someone prone, definitely bring, uh repellent whether you use DEET or whatever else it's up to you whatever works is what's most important definitely a hat visor sunglasses i personally one of my personal favorite things to bring like whenever we go around costa rica is like a microfiber towel because like once you start hiking in the forest and you have sweat dripping over all of you it's really nice to be able to like wipe your sweat off and then they have um Like faucets and hoses around the park. So you can just kind of wet up your towel, clean it out, and like wash your face and feel a little bit fresher again. So those are definitely my essentials. And if you come in rainy season, definitely bring a rain jacket.
0: Love it. So I think, you know, the reason that many people come to Costa Rica and Manuel Antonio Park is because of the amazing wildlife that you can see. So can you maybe get into that a little bit? Once you're in the park, you know, tell the listeners about some of that incredible wildlife that you might actually see kind of walking along the trails.
1: So Manuel Antonio is actual tropical rainforest. So that means that you do see more kind of tropical wildlife. So that will include three different kinds of monkeys in Manuel Antonio. You can see the squirrel monkey, you can see howler monkeys, and you can see the white-faced monkeys. So we only have four monkeys in Costa Rica. You can see three out of four in Manuel Antonio National Park. You can see sloths, the two types of sloths that we have, the two-toed and three-toed, or binger, whichever one. Um, those are usually the ones that people want to see the most, right, the sloths. And you can see both species in the national park. But there's also a lot of really interesting other animals too, like deer. And the white-tailed deer, interestingly enough, is actually the national animal of Costa Rica. And so you can see white-tailed de- deer, raccoons, iguanas, um, you can see like otters, sometimes snakes, frogs, um, a lot of insects, you know, spiders and birds. You do not really see toucans very much in the national park just because it's so dense. So it's you, you might hear them. You'll definitely hear them, but it's a little hard to see because um, they're usually like way up out there or like covered in trees or really inside. Um, but you can see different kinds of birds. So yeah, lots of things to see there. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And from my experience, like the, for example, the white face monkeys, there were some of them that were very like visible, like they would be Mm -hmm. close to the, uh, the pathway there. So you could see them right up close and personal, which was very unique. And we saw howler monkeys, sloths. It was a totally amazing. Um, and you know, when I was in Manuel Antonio recently, we were a group of eight and we had a guide with us. Uh, I found that to be super helpful. He was able to point out snakes, monkeys, sloths, birds, and other things that, you know, we wouldn't have seen, uh, without his expert eye. And on top of that, he was able to give some great commentary on the park and the wildlife that we were seeing. I'd love to know your thoughts on if it's worth it to hire a guide. To me, it does seem like it could be worth it. Um, there's also an extra cost associated with that. And if someone is on a tight budget, I think they can probably still have a great experience without a guide. Uh, but Samantha, what are your thoughts on the value of, um, you know, having a guide in Manuel Antonio, if you can.
1: I think that if you're, maybe it's, if it's your first time in Costa Rica, first time experiencing the rainforest and you are really keen to see wildlife and you are really keen to learn more about the flora and the fauna and the the ecosystems and the nature and everything, then, uh, always a naturalist guide is a great option. Um, certified naturalist guides can tell you information that, would never know they can point out animals that you would never be able to see because you don't have trained eyes and they have trained eyes and they do this every single day and so they kind of know like where the animals hang out what time of day like how to listen for certain birds or certain animals like the calls and the sounds and everything um i mean this is their living so they're very knowledgeable on it and if you're somebody who is like if you really want to see monkeys or if you really want to see a sloth and you just want to have more of a higher chance of seeing them, because of course wildlife is, you know, it's never hundred percent, then definitely hiring a guide is a great option. I think if you're on a super tight budget, because yes, there is that extra cost. And usually it's around, depends on who you go through, but if you just go like, just, just for the guy, you know, it could be around 20 bucks a person or something like that, depending on how long you want them for as well. You know, if you're still on a really tight budget, you can still enjoy the park without a guide and you can still see animals on your own because, like you said, the white-faced monkeys, particularly, are kind of just, like, everywhere, a ball in your space. Like, right, you know, like, they have no fear of tourists and you fear of humans, of course. Um, They're so used to it. And so you can just walk down to the main beach and usually they're just hanging out over there and it's, it's easy to see them sometimes, Um, some animals are very like low to lower to the ground. If you're lucky, you know, maybe there's a sloth who would be like crawling down or maybe he's just like really close by and you can see it with your naked eye. Or if you have a camera or a phone or whatever, you'll be able to see it like that. Mm, I think like your experience would be a little bit more superficial, of course, because you're not going to know exactly what you're looking at. Sometimes sometimes you're just like, Oh, it looks, looks like a ball of fur or like, you know, I don't know what that was, but something just passed by me and, but you can still have a good time
0: for sure. And I was kind of amazed because like we would be looking in the trees, like intent, like very closely. And our guy would just be able to be like, Hey, there's something in that tree. And we just totally missed it. He just had that expert eye that obviously we don't have because we're not in Costa Rica doing this for a living every day, but Mm -hmm. it was really, uh, it was awesome to have him with us to point things out like that. Um, can you maybe talk about, so there's like, Once you get into Manuel Antonio national park, there's a main trail. Can you maybe talk about where that leads to and other trails that you can take within the park?
1: Yeah. So the main, so once you get into the park, there is one main trail and that's like the gravel road. And then it kind of branches off. So very soon after you enter the first trail to the left, there's a, about a 700 meter trail that goes to kind of a small waterfall And then to the right goes on to a universal access trail. So, Mineral Antonio National Park is really great for anyone who needs a universal access trail because they have one of the best. They have platforms, they have signs, even in braille, they have like uh, benches if you need to sit down or anything. So, they call that like the sloth trail. Um, But it is universal access and it's very, very well nicely put together. And that that access trail goes through a mangrove and then you'll like exit out onto the other, the beach on the other side, which then you can walk on the beach and then you can connect back to the other main trail if you want to. Um, But then if you continue on the gravel trail, maybe like, uh maybe like a two kilometer or a kilometer and a half two kilometers something like that you'll reach like the big cafeteria that's like right in the middle of the park and from that cafeteria it's kind of a like a meeting point kind of you can go right which goes to like playa min montonio which is the main beach that everyone goes to um and then like if you continue on that beach you can hike the punta Catedral trail which goes around a little peninsula it's really cool it's really pretty you can see uh views of the ocean from there or if you go left, there's several trails. You can go to Las Gemelas, which goes to a couple other beaches, like smaller beaches, really nice. Um, and then you can continue up to the longer trail, which takes you to the Serrucho viewpoint. And that's really cool because you can see like all of the other side of Manuel Antonio and not as many people hike the trails as much as they do go to the beach. So usually if there's a lot of people on the main trail, which is where all the tour groups go to, or a lot of people at the beach, you can go to the other trails and there's like way less people.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. When we went, we just did the main trail, which was amazing. And we went to the beach and it was a great time, but I would love to go back and, and check out some of those other trails as well. Um, in terms of like, you know, planning a trip to visit Manuel Antonio national park, how much time do you think someone could set aside? Like what advice do you have as far as how much time they can plan to actually visit the park on their itinerary?
1: Well, if you want to hike the whole trails, give yourself around five hours. If you just kind of want to just go to the main trail and then just go to the beach, I mean, you can stay the whole day if you want to really and just like lay at the beach, take a nap, swim, you know, enjoy, snorkel, swim around if you want. Um, So really, I mean, a whole day is a good amount of time to dedicate, whether you want to hike, whether you want to just go to the beach or anything like that.
0: That is awesome. You know, not only can people read more about Manuel Antonio National Park on your website, mytanfeet.com, but they can also read about all sorts of other amazing places in Costa Rica. You're, you know, we had a great conversation today on uh, Manuel Antonio National Park, but you guys, are, are so knowledgeable about so many different places around the country. Um, I know my tan feet is something you've worked on for over a decade. It's a really awesome blog and, and such a great resource for anyone that is thinking about planning a, a Costa Rica trip. Um, Samantha, can you share more about the my tan feet story and how your blog can help visitors looking to travel to Costa Rica?
1: Yeah, well, Thank you for your kind comments. Um, Yeah, so my 10 feet is a, it started out as a a travel blog initially. Uh, Yeah, a little over 10 years ago. I think we're on our 12th year this year. Um, I started this with my husband, Jason. He is actually Costa Rican. And I basically started it because when I first moved down here back in 2012, I was having a hard time personally finding information about even just like traveling Costa Rica. And there was like nothing about living in Costa Rica if it didn't talk about like retiring. And I wasn't I wasn't, I'm not exactly at that stage yet, you know, like, so it was hard for me to find literally, like, any information, and so I started, we started the website as first as a kind of a way to just, like, tell our stories about, like, my, li- like, living here, my life here, like, what it was like to, like, be with Jason, like a, like a tico, you know, and just kind of how we started, like, traveling together, um, Cause we were, travel has always been like part of our relationship being long distance for the first couple of years. And then in Costa Rica, um, when I moved, we had an opportunity to, to start this project and it just grew from there. Cause, and we really like to do it. Like our, we have a lot of, uh, gosh, I think over like 500 blog posts now on the website or even more. Um, and then we have like our YouTube and stuff, but we just love being able to to like help people experience Costa Rica um, safely, stress-free, and with confidence. So we have posts on the website that talk everything, like sample itineraries that we put together, how to rent a car, how to get around, um, best places for families, what to pack, um, how to eat if you're vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, if you have food allergies, um, where to stay, like uh, types of hotels if you are recommendations for like all-inclusive resorts, um, recommendations for how to travel on a budget, which is really important for some people, especially because, you know, Costa is not cheap. And I think that people don't really realize that until they get here sometimes. Weather, I don't know, we've written so many topics that, I mean, everything hopefully covers A to Z when it comes to like preparing for a trip abroad. Um, And we kind of write a lot of these articles of people who are traveling internationally for the first time. So we write everything, even like how to get through the airport, immigration, customs, uh, papers, documents that you need, leading people around to that. We do a lot of driving videos. So we'll drive around cities or beaches so people can see what the road is like and people can see what the town or what the beach is like. Because people are always asking, like, if they need a 4x4 in Costa Rica, where can they go if they don't want to rent one? So that's also really important. So yeah, if you go to our website, if you ha- are starting from zero, you can click on the button that says start here. And we'll walk you through, like, how to start planning a trip. If you already have an idea of where you want to go, um, you can use, like, the search bar. We also offer, like, some deals and discounts with tour operators that we've partnered with over the years. So, like, car rentals. Tours in places like Fortuna, Guanacaste, Mano Antonio, Jaco, uh, Puerto Viejo, um, San Jose as well. And we hope to keep keep growing our list of partners, which is what we're working on right now, because we are actually officially like a travel consulting company in Guanacaste. We have been for several years now. So we have our own team who answers requests and inquiries and customer service and everything like that.
0: That's amazing. You guys are doing such great stuff. Uh, everything you got going on is amazing and such a great, I mean, I couldn't recommend, um, you know, if someone's uh, planning to visit Costa Rica, they should definitely check out your blog. I couldn't recommend it enough to them. Um, and you mentioned your YouTube channel as well. Can you maybe talk about social media just a little bit? Like, are you on all the major platforms and and where can people go to find you?
1: Yeah. So we do have YouTube. It's just my 10 feet, um, Instagram as well. It's just, also my 10 feet and our Facebook page. Um, I don't do TikTok (laughs) or (laughs) um, Snapchat, but we do post YouTube videos. And a lot of our YouTube videos, they are to supplement our blog posts. So a lot of the YouTube videos are about like very specific activities. Um, A lot of the driving videos, they're always on the YouTube, um, showcasing hotels. And some, we've done like some vlogs. We do kind of a mix of styles and so we have a little bit of little bit of everything on there and then on instagram we are the most active on instagram so post. i like to post a lot of stories so uh and i have in my highlights we have like highlights for all the destinations um blogs food restaurants the costs and everything like that we have um a lot of reels and videos and photos on there as well so you can get a little of everything everywhere
0: Awesome. I do have one final question for you today, Samantha, before we wrap up the, uh, the interview here, Mm -hmm. destinations beyond expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. And anytime I have a new guest on the show, I always like to ask this question and take as much time as you need. If you need you know, a second to think about the answer. So Samantha, would you consider yourself to be a student of travel? Um, and if so, can you talk a little bit about something that you've learned because of travel or through travel?
1: Oh, well, first of all, yes, definitely. I think through the past like decade, a little over a decade, Jason and I have been very lucky to travel to different countries, not just for pleasure, but also we have spoken at several conferences. And during the conferences, then usually we get to, you know, visit like little local towns and the tourism board or, you know, the locals, they'll go and they'll try to really teach us and um, they treat us really well as guests. But they during the conferences like they it's travel blogging conferences so of course they want to like showcase the best of their city or their country or whatever and it's always a great experience because i it's really refreshing to me sometimes despite like all the stuff you see in the world and on the news and stuff just like how good people are you know like by nature like everyone is so kind doesn't matter what country that we have been to like the locals are always very kind and opening and they want people to learn about their culture and their country and they want people to see what it's like their daily life there. And I definitely have learned a lot about the world through travel because without seeing how other people live their daily lives in a culture that's like completely different to yours in a way of thinking and a perspective that is completely opposite of everything that you ever believe in, it really opens up your eyes to make you think like huh yeah things could be this way or like oh that's interesting like you never see things you never have thought that things could be done in a certain way that they do it because you're so used to what you're doing all the time and sometimes not just like in the in the US but even here in Costa Rica or like whatever country you're, you're living in sometimes it's really easy to just get sucked into like a bubble and travel just like takes you out of that bubble and makes you feel awkward and uncomfortable sometimes. But if you just embrace it with like an open heart and an open mind, like you will learn things that you will never learn by any other means of life. You know, you could watch all the movies in the world that take you to that document different countries, but it's not the same when you actually get to like shake the hand and smile and share a meal with the person that you know has lived in that place their whole life and they're just like very welcoming and they want to teach you about their way of living so i feel very fortunate that i've been able to meet a lot of people through traveling um i never would have thought that i would have met people from all over the world and that has been like a huge treasure for me um, when it comes to travel so i think that yes for sure student of travel and and there's endless things you can learn and it doesn't matter like where you travel to. You could travel within your own country, within your own district or county or whatever. There's always something to learn when you go outside your house.
0: Yeah, I love that answer. Totally agree. I loved how you you phrased it, kind of getting outside of your bubble. And it, it really does, you know, no matter if you're going, you know, a hundred yards or halfway across the world, it, it really opens your mind up to new possibilities, like you said, that you might not be aware of living your day-to-day life in your mm-hmm. bubble. So I think travel's such a great tool in that sense. And um, Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking about, you know, Manuel Antonio national park, it's such a lovely park. And I would definitely recommend people, you know, who visit Costa Rica kind of have it on their list of places they might want to go check out. So thank you for talking about that. Thank you for talking about the my tan feet story you guys are doing such awesome things and uh, i really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to meet with me and, and talk about it so thanks so much
1: oh you're very welcome and, and thank you for inviting me it was a pleasure to talk to you as well
0: a big dbe thank you to samantha my tan is her incredible website If you want to learn more about traveling to Costa Rica, go check it out and make sure to give My Tan Feet a follow on social media. I've included links to the My Tan Feet website and socials in the episode's show notes. If you are a fan of Destinations Beyond Expectations, please do consider hitting that follow button and giving the podcast a five-star review. That's gonna do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about Manuel Antonio National Park, and I will talk to you soon.